Well, a very good afternoon and welcome back to the Saturday Sports Show here on 102.9 CRCFM. Well, my next guest, Wesley O'Brien, has an incredible story to tell. A tennis coach from Killaloo, County Clare, who has raised funds for a refugee camp in Greece with the help of some of the biggest names in world sport, from Rory McIlroy to Lewis Hamilton and Rafael Nadal, and even locally with the donation by the senior men's football team here in County Mayo. Wes, many thanks for taking our call. And firstly, can I just begin by asking you how you got involved in running a tennis camp in Greece for refugees? Uh, hi, Queen. How are you keeping? Uh, I just want to say thanks very much for having me. Um, yes, I'm, I'm a tennis coach down here in, in Killaloo in Clare. And I suppose being a tennis coach was a big part of the reason that I kind of wanted to help out um, you know, you know, with the refugee crisis and go to the camps. Um, and it would have been in, in 2018 that I, I reached out to a number of NGOs who would be based um, in the camps in Greece and just, you know, basically asked them, you know, would they be interested in me, you know, traveling to your camp and working with your NGO and kind of doing a bit of a tennis workshop with the kids? Um, and see if they would be interested in, and, you know, see if there would be something that they would go to. Um, so I, like an amazing NGO called Lighthouse Relief actually came back to me and we spoke about, you know, how we can make it work and how it can happen. And they were very enthusiastic about it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it just kind of went from there, really. Um, in November 2018, I, I traveled over to... Uh, Ritzona refugee camp to to work with this charity for uh, for a week initially, and I brought rackets and balls and and kind of a little makeshift uh, tennis net, and we just kind of ran it for the week, um, see how it would go. And you know the kids like in the camp they absolutely loved it, and it was something completely new for them. Um, like so many kids every day, it was just like like it was amazing. Can you tell me about your first thoughts and experiences when you landed into Greece and went to visit that refugee camp? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, well, I kind of, like I said, initially it was only for a week, so I wasn't really sure like what to expect. Um, we got a little bit of a, um, uh, I suppose, training, I suppose, um, by the you know the people who would be you know working there full time and what to expect and you know what we can do and what we can't do um, and all that. But you know I kind of you know when I arrived in the camp you know, you know we all think of kind of refugee camps as you know kind of tents on the ground and and also like like just a horrific place uh, altogether. Um, you know sadly in some cases in some camps you know kind of that is the way. Um, but I just found like the people, especially just to be like, not what I expected. You know, I mean, there were just, there, there, there were some absolutely amazing people there. Um, you know, you know, seeing what they have been through and, you know, what they had to go through to come there, you know, just friendly faces and friendly people and, you know, just very enthusiastic kids about wanting to learn and, you know, and try something new. You know, and, and they would help you out with anything. A lot of the kids now, especially, you know, when I was finished at the end of the day, they would kind of walk around and help me pick up 
the cones and the rackets and you know things like that so i kind of like you know i got into it you know pretty quickly but you know as i always kind of tell people it never really came across my mind that you know these people have are different that these people are you know angry people i just kind of went into kid mode you know like you know like i would here you know doing a summer camp with the kids i just focused on on working with the kids and trying to make it as fun and as enjoyable as i could for them would you be able to tell us about some of the rules the way of life in the refugee camp that people here in ireland and who have never experienced it may not be aware of yeah um it's kind of you know one of the big rules that you know we were kind of told is you know not to you know really ask questions you know i mean you can ask quick you know you can ask like questions how are you and all that but you know in regards to asking someone what have you been through what have you seen what is your life like what you know what did you have to do to get here you know that was all you know if they want to talk to you which you know i was kind of in a privileged position where one or two did kind of open up to me but it was always a case of you know they would need to open up to you you know if they got you know kind of happy with you and kind of trusted you to a certain amount they would kind of talk to you but it was never a case of you know um going and asking them and trying to find out you know what happened you know what happened to your family um you know other ones like you know we weren't really allowed to go into the residential area so where the camp you know where they actually live because that was always seen as their own personal area you know we were lighthouse relief i was a tennis coach you know we kind of had our own little area and we'd go down and play tennis in another area but it was never a case of you know kind of being nosy and want you know wanting to see you know what the living conditions like i mean you know that wasn't hugely important to me at all what were some of the countries where the children were from in this refugee camp in Greece? Uh, I mostly would have been, you know, I suppose the obvious um, answer to that would be kind of Syria. So there was a lot of Syrian children, Afghanistan, um, Iraq, uh, Turkish, Somalia. You know, there was a lot of, of kind of different, you know, variations of where they came from. But... I suppose the majority would have been uh, would have been Syrian. It's a very heart wrenching situation. We're all quite aware of it. Certainly, since the refugee crisis went front and center within the European Union many years ago, it is still continuing. Many of these children and their families are left in some kind of limbo there in Greece. How were the local Greek people taking to? you an Irishman coming over to their country to help out with the camp? Uh, well, I guess, you know, we had, I mean, the majority of the um, the volunteers that would be coming over and back and a lot of the staff that would be working in Lighthouse, um, they wouldn't have been Greek, uh, of, of Greek nationality. Like we had, like, in fact, one of the managers of, she started as a volunteer, uh, Claire Campion, her name was. She she's actually working over there full time now as a manager. She's from Kilkenny, so there was another Irish uh, person there with me involved in Lighthouse. Um, I I find you know like you know being like going locally, 
um, you know, I never really, you know, kind of was questioned about, you know, why am I over here? Why am I doing this? You shouldn't, you know, kind of that kind of thing. I found the Greek people to be very welcoming, um, you know, like like in general. I mean, they're lovely people. Uh, but I, I never really dealt, or I never really kind of dived too much into, you know, what do the what do the Greek people think of having a camp here or a camp there, uh, to be honest. And tell me so about your experience then after firstly visiting there in November 2018, you then had the idea of raising funds for a defibrillator in the camp. How did you get that idea and tell us about the process of trying to raise funds for the refugee camp in Greece? Uh, yeah, the, the whole, I like I said, I was initially there for a week in November 2018. Um, and I always, when I think back to that, I always tell people that I was so glad I went for a week, but I was so sorry that I went for a week. Like, I was so glad I went and I got to do it. But a week really wasn't long enough because I really felt the kids were kind of warm to me. So um, I traveled back to Rizona again in January 2019. And I spent a little bit longer. There was about five weeks there um, bringing more nets and more balls and more rackets. Um, and I kind of stayed in contact with him after that. I was always sending him over tennis balls to keep it kind of going. Um, and I was over there for a third time in January 2020 for another four weeks just before COVID um, hit. Uh, so, like in relation to the, the defibrillator, on one of my last days there on my third visit, I asked uh, Claire, who is the, the girl from Kilkenny, um, does the camp have a uh, does the camp uh, have a defibrillator? And she said no. That they were planning on saving up for one. It's all funding, you know. Again, it's what a lot of what Lighthouse do is all, um, you know, fundraising itself. So they had no defibrillator, and I kind of said, "Look, um, leave it with me. I'll see what I can do, you know, when I get back home." Because I, I was lucky enough to raise money for a defibrillator for my own club here uh, about a year earlier. So I kind of came back home and I tried a few things. I did a little bit of things in the club here, um, you know, like GoFundMe's and, and open days. And then actually a friend of mine initially reached out to the, the Rafa Nadal Foundation on my behalf. And they got back to me and I told them a little bit what I was trying to do. And they very kindly sent me um, a signed Rafa Nadal shirt. So it kind of started from there um, initially. Um, so, and then COVID hit, obviously, which means everything became a little bit tougher in regards to fundraising, uh, which is understandable, uh, really. So I'd managed to raise about half the money for the DFib through GoFundMe's. And the other half was going to be from the Nadal shirt and a couple of other things I had. But it kind of felt it kind of dragged out a little bit with COVID. So we got to about June. And again, everything was held back and I couldn't really do anything with it. Um, but Claire, again, from Lighthouse, she was back home because of COVID. And she was heading back over to Greece. So I kind of said to myself, look, I'll, I'll just pay the balance myself. So I kind of half the money raised. 
I ended up paying the other balance to the defib myself just to kind of get it done and so that she could take it back with her. So then I found myself in a position where the defibrillator was bought, it was got happily, they had it, but I still had a number of the items, you know, still with me. So again, people said, look, why don't you just keep this going now and reach out to a few more people uh, and see if they want to help. And then you can, you know, build on your programs uh, in other camps. So uh, that's pretty much what I did. I reached out to uh, Usain Bolt, people, the Roy McIlroy, the, the England rugby team uh, sent me a signed shirt, uh, the Irish soccer team, the Northern Ireland soccer team. So it kind of built up and built up and built up. So I'm kind of in a position now where I have about 28 um, items that um, I'm hoping to do something with later in the year. That's some incredible amount of work that you've put in towards this uh, refugee camp in Greece. You know, some of the, the teams that you have had supporting you along the way, Rafa Nadal, you mentioned there, uh, the first one where, where you would have gotten it. That must be a hugely significant one for you as a tennis coach, getting somebody of the caliber of Rafa Nadal, who seemed to have gotten this ball rolling towards further fundraising. Yeah, I found, you know, it's very, it's very humbling. I mean, you know, to get an item like that, you know, it's 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 kind of very easy for for a lot of these guys to kind of put something in an envelope, sign it, and and you know, and give it to me, and you know, and kind of send it off to me. But like to me, it's a huge compliment that you know they have faith in what I'm trying to do. You know, why they want to help. You know, it's it's hugely like humbling. I mean, some of the some of the emails I would have got back and some of the letters from people, you know, just saying, Wesley, what you're doing is, is unbelievable. We really want to help you. Um, you know, like to make one point of it, I mean, the Kerry, the Kerry County Board very kindly sent me uh, a signed Kerry shirt and they put in the email, um, absolutely, Wesley, it would be our honour to help you. You know, even as a little thing like that, to say that they would be honoured to help me, you know, you know, I always kind of said to people, you know, I'm a kind of, you know, I'm a nobody, you know, I'm not important, I'm not, I'm not famous, I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to do a little bit to help, um, you know, but people have been very generous, even like the Mayo guys, um, you know, as soon as I'm on Mayo radio, you know, Paul Canan there, he was the, the PRO for the, the county board, and, and uh, John Walker now is the new one, and, you know, Liam, the chairman of the county board at the time, you know, all these guys have been just, I've been blown away by how generous they've been. Like, you know, they don't have to do what they did, you know, to help me, but they did it, you know, and that's, you know, it's a huge responsibility for me now to make it work, you know, for them as much as for, 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 uh, for, for, uh, for anyone else. It's a hugely significant fundraiser and the pool of resources that you have it's great to see this the sporting fraternity kind of coming together and helping you with this uh, proposal. It, do you have any ideas how you're going to raffle them off later on in the year? Uh, well, I, I always kind of say in an ideal world, you know, it would be nice to have, you know, a night somewhere and we have the items on a stage. Um, um, but I, I decided very early that as the number of items that grew, and got bigger that you know it was never about just 
Wesley, you know, trying to raise money. I figured, you know, the items got bigger, everything got bigger, the potential was there to raise a lot of money. Um, so, you know, going forward, I would love to, you know, share, you know, proceeds with, you know, charities that, I mean, you know, like all charities have been um, found fundraising very hard this year. So I might get, you know, a couple of charities involved and we can kind of share the process, you know, together. Because um, it's important for me, like the guys now who get me the items, the Mayo County Board especially, you know, that way, if I involve maybe another charity with it, you know, their kindness is, go is going to reach more people rather than just myself. Um, but I've been told um, that 26, as, as lucky and all as I am, to have this amount of items that they said, look, an auction needs kind of to be whittled down a little bit. So, you know, putting 26 into an actual auction would be too many. Um, so I was kind of reaching out to as many people as I can, especially, you know, from the GA community, that uh, I can do a bit of fundraising now by, by trying to sell the, the GA county jerseys, of which I have seven. Because, you know, again, I was told that, you know, the McElroy and the board, they're, they're perfect. But the county jerseys would kind of have what he says, you know, a sell-by date. Because they have the most recent team, they have the most up-to-date team, and now is the time to, you know, to kind of maybe fundraise with that and kind of start things off with them. Can I ask your opinion, Wesley, on how important it would be for people to perhaps maybe get out of their comfort zone and not take everything they are seeing within the media within uh, what is currently being presented to us at face value and maybe experience it a little bit for themselves? Absolutely, 100%. Um, like, we all have an idea of, you know, what's going on, you know, in the world with this, you know. You know, it's sad to kind of say that, you know, the boat's coming across and, you know, people trying to find a new life. It's still going on, like, today. Um you know, as much as it was, you know, when it was making the media, you know, sadly, it kind of, you know, it doesn't make the media anymore now, because uh, it's kind of old news, but it's still happening, and it's still, unfortunately, it's, it, you know, it's still going on. Um, but a big part of, you know, um, you know, what I want to say is, you know, some of the people that I have met in, in these camps, you know, the residents, uh, hugely intelligent people you know you have like business people doctors engineers you know people who had amazing lives and qualified people i mean you know a part of Ritzona uh refugee camp uh in one of the little main main street areas they are just lined with with makeshift businesses so a lot of the residents, they have set up their own businesses, be it like a hairdresser's or a shop or like takeaway food or, or something. So they're very resourceful. You know, they want to try and help themselves, you know, more than anyone else. Um, you know, I, like one, one uh, moment kind of sticks in my mind that I, it was one of my second visits there and it was coming towards the end of the day. And I was picking up the corns and the balls and, 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 and the rackets and all that. And this one little boy came along, he must have been about seven. And 
he came over from the the residential area and the most gorgeous kid you'll ever see in your life like blonde hair and blue eyes he was like uh, he was just a lovely lovely kid and he started going around and helping me pick up the balls and the coins and the rackets you know when he didn't have to um, and no one else was there everyone else was, was kind of gone away um, so once we had kind of picked up everything I gave him the tennis I gave him a tennis racket and I said look you go over there now we'd have a kind of a bit of a hit together you know kind of one on one um, and then two people came over from the residential area. His parents uh, came over and they just kind of stood there and, and they got out their phone and they were filming, you know, playing tennis. And it was important to me that, you know, once they were taken away, I just said, guys, um, I want you to know that you have a very, very good little boy there. That he helped me pick up all the balls and all the cones and he was very, very good. And I think it kind of, I think it kind of meant a lot to them to hear that, you know, especially when, you know, the world is so uncertain now for them, they don't know how their kids are going to react and know what, but I think for kind of an outsider, I suppose, to kind of say, you know, you have a very good little boy there, I think it, it kind of meant a lot to them. Um, but again, the biggest part of it is just, you know, don't assume that, you know, people are only here for this or that or the other thing. You know, lovely, lovely people um, that have just found themselves in a, in a misfortunate position. Can I ask you, Wesley, what were the most common responses to you saying you were from Ireland to the people in the camp? Uh, I suppose um, a big part of it was uh, uh, Guinness. Uh, leprechaun, you know, a lot of them would know the stereotypical, you know, Irish, you know, not a lot of them would know a huge amount um, about Ireland. Uh, again, the accent was, was a big thing. I had to speak very, very slowly um, there, but, you know, they were very welcoming the, you know, they all knew, you know, Irlande, Irlande, so they knew, you know, little bits about Ireland. Um, but no, they were just like, I found that they, um, they took, and once they got to know me, once I was coming back, uh, you know, for two and three times, you know, they kind of got to know me and they knew me, you know, pretty well. So they responded quite well. And just in terms of how people can get involved and maybe help themselves after hearing you talk, it sounds like a, a really incredible experience, Wesley. Is there any way that they can maybe reach out online or a particular page to go and visit? Uh, yeah, the goal now for me is is to kind of, um, you know, what I've done in Ritzona, uh, it's uh, kind of, you know, it's called Hit and Hope Tennis Programs that I've kind of set up now. Um, so the idea is to travel to, to more refugee camps, uh, bringing the rackets, bringing the balls, and kind of really you know, go to as many as I can um, and bring, you know, like I have, I have two more uh, NGOs that I've been in contact with and they're very excited when COVID eases down second tree and um, sport and yoga for refugees on Lesbos Island. Um, I set up a, a Facebook page, um, Hit and Hope Tennis. Um, it's, it's still a work in progress, but a lot of the stuff that would be on there 
um, I would post information about, you know, the work that I've done, um, the work that I want to do. There's pictures of, of some of the items that um, have been ge very generously donated to me. Um, some newspaper articles. There was a lovely uh, piece uh, that uh, Brendan O'Brien did in the Irish Examiner uh, on the 26th of March. Um, so if anyone wants to find out information, my contact details are uh, on that Facebook page, Hidden Hope Tennis. And there's a bit of more information about um, like the work that I've done and, and hopefully going forward. It's fantastic the amount and level of work that you have put into this. And just from a, a domestic perspective, Wesley, tennis is expected to reopen sooner than other sports. Are you looking forward to finally getting back on the court? Yeah, hopefully now everything will, if everything goes to plan, um, I believe it's April the 26th that uh, tennis is is going to start back. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been kind of keeping busy with with a couple of Zoom classes here and there, but it's kind of not the same as being you know as being out in court. Um, you know, it's, you know it's unfortunate that we find ourselves in this position um, with COVID. Um, you know, but you know, hopefully we'll get back on the twenty sixth and we can get we can get uh, you know a bit of normality back. Excellent stuff, Wesley. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show. And everyone listening can go and check out Hit and Hope Tennis on Facebook. And uh, I'm sure they'll be staying tuned to hear more about the future raffling off of these jerseys. Many here in this county will be intrigued about the Mayo one. And certainly with the likes of Rory McIlroy, Lewis Hamilton, Usain Bolt, it is a sport fan's dream to get involved and help out a very worthy cause. Absolutely. Just, uh, uh, I just want to say again, thanks very much for having me. And and uh, there's one quick thing I wanted to say as well about, um, like with the Kerry jersey, I, I done something similar. I put the Mayo jersey and a bit of information about the jerseys too up on the, the Mayo GAA banter page. Um, so there's information on that page as well on Facebook. Uh, but, with, but with the Kerry jersey, um, I done something similar. I put it up on the, the Kerry GAA supporters page. And so far, as of today, anyway, uh, that's only got 24 likes. But on the Mayo page, I'm after getting 32 likes. So <laughs> Mayo is after beating Kerry, anyway. Although winning at the moment. That's excellent stuff. We'll hopefully try and keep that trending in the right direction for you, Wesley. It, it's a great thing to be involved in. And many thanks for joining us here on the show. That's perfect. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, thanks a million.